0: Well, we're halfway through. We are taking a look at the Ten Commandments. We are not looking at them as if there's a whole bunch of rules that we need to make sure that we know because if we just happen to step over the line a little bit, we're in really, really big trouble. And God doesn't necessarily care about the blessings in our lives. He just cares about whether or not we follow the rules. That's not why we're doing this. That's not the way that God gives us hope and joy by giving us a, a spirit of fear about a rule that we have or rules that we have. He gives us uh, a spirit of blessing and of joy because in living a life that pleases Him, not only is He uh, uh, happy that we do that, but you and I really are blessed. We, we, we truly are It's an interesting perspective that we have because today uh, we take a look at the fifth commandment and it's the only one in the list that we have that actually has in the actual writing a blessing that's connected with it. Right then and there. Now, it seems weird because there really are blessings that come from this, as I've said, and they're not mysterious or hidden, or you have to figure out some kind of a secret code in order to enjoy these blessings. We've already talked about the blessings that we have from worship and, and, and who we worship and how we worship. We've talked about the blessings uh, of words, the significance that words have in our lives. And last week we talked about the blessings of rest and, and how God incorporated that into. Into our lives because he knew that we would work hard thinking that we, as John uh, rightly said, it's all up to us and we find out that it doesn't work. It really doesn't. In the weeks to come, we're going to talk about the blessings of life and the blessings of marriage and the blessings of truth and a whole bunch of other things that come when we do literally do our best to, to live by God's principles. But today, we're going to talk about Family. And we're going to talk about the hope and the joy and the blessings that come from honoring parents and where that all comes from. Now, I know that this topic can have some challenges to it. I'm going to address those things. But it's important that we talk about the significance of honor when we look at this today. Uh, The fifth commandment um, from Exodus chapter 20 says this, Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land uh, your God is giving you. Why? Why honor mom and dad? Why do that? Why do that in a world where it's becoming more and more common to not do that? More and more common to Question what mom and dad say, and sometimes for a really good reason, but lots of times for reasons that don't wash at all. Well, uh, to be honest with you, it's really quite simple. Uh, There are blessings, immediate blessings that come to you and me, when, even uh, as a grown man, when I honor my mom and dad. Uh, And the the first that comes right there is, is the gift of life. We got that from them they gave us the opportunity to see and to feel and to eat and to laugh and to have relationships and to um, uh, watch games and watch our kids and, and eat watermelon and, um, and, and wash clothes from a week at camp. Right, moms? Yeah. I mean, that's all joyful. And, and listen, moms, don't be upset because there's coming a day when your washing machines will be silent. And you're going to be glad when they come home. You really, really will. We get life from them. And that's the first blessing that we get there. The second initial blessing that we get is their experience. Sometimes that can be a a challenge, but for the most part, it's supposed to be a blessing. Uh, In the context that, hey, mom and dad, I was going to go do this. Oh, you know what? Um, You don't want to go there. You, you, You really need to avoid that place. Because if you go there, you might get hurt. If you go in those particular places, there's some danger involved. On the other hand, um, uh, go to this place because I've been there and it's wonderful. And the things you're going to see and the places you're going to go and and, and so much more. That experience that we get from our mom and dad is supposed to be a blessing. It, It really, really is the life that they give to us along with the experiences that they give to us so that we don't have to spend a good portion of our life learning lessons that sometimes can be hard lessons. The last uh, initial blessing that we get from honoring our parents, we've got life and, uh, and then experience fr- with them. And then the, the next blessing that comes in there is uh, experience that they have with God. What do you mean God will bless us? Why do we pray? Why do we give to God? What does God do for us? Does God watch out for us? Does God take care of us? Does God hear my prayers? Does God watch over me? How does God protect me? There is not a mom and dad who doesn't know God that can't significantly and powerfully impact their son, their daughter when they talk about those things. And so mom and dad, initially I encourage you, What's God done in your life? What prayers has God answered? How has God protected you? And don't be afraid when the time is right and the understanding of the child is capable of receiving a particular message to say, you know what? There were times in my life when I didn't listen to God and it didn't turn out so well and I don't want that to happen to you. And so I'm telling you right now, listen to what God says. Trust me. Just, just listen to me, not necessarily as a, as a preacher, but as a parent of three, they listen. They tune into that. Because it's not about showing how foolish or, or, or uh, disobedient you were. It's th- they recognize the care in your voice that you have for them by saying to them, listen, I don't want you to get hurt. I'm watching out for you by telling you where I messed up when I was 17 when I was 26, when I was 30, when I was a young parent, and so on. Those are real blessings. And those are the things that we initially get from our parents, which is why we honor them. You can't just wash those things away. They're real life and they happen. Experience. Um, life, experience with uh, them, and experience with you. We want to honor God. We really want to honor him. Because that's where the basis for all of this comes from. It makes no sense to try and get honor. I'm speaking specifically right now to parents. It makes no sense for you and I to want honor from our kids without giving honor to God they will honor us in some ways to the extent that we do honor God. And to the extent that we don't honor God, their ability to honor you and me could very well be suspect. I've seen it. In over 25 years of ministry, I have lived vicariously in so many families. And this, there's real pain here. And real joy. There are things that could be avoided, and sometimes there are things that can't. There is never, I have yet to see a marriage or a family, parents or children who don't have some challenge somewhere with this particular commandment in one degree or another. But there's nothing that can't be overcome, especially by the love and the grace of God. Did you hear what Matt read earlier about how nothing can separate us from the love of God? Not even poor mistakes as children or as parents. Nothing. Because you see, in honoring God, we accept the fact that there are rules that He wants us to live by. There are consequences when we uh, happen to step aside, but there is grace and mercy from Him. And if we get it from Him, we can pass it on to them. And when we pass it on to them, oh, the joy. Oh, the, the blessings that come from that. I'm going to dive into these a little bit deeper, but I don't want us to set those things aside. To the extent that we honor God is the way in which we will be honored. To the extent that we pass on the blessings of God is the way that we see them in our own children. And thereby, they won't necessarily honor us because we're wonderful people because they know better. All right? They know our weaknesses. They know how good we are in some ways and how we aren't in others but yet they will still honor us because we honor God. It's not that sophisticated. First thing I want us to understand when we try to live out this fifth commandment is that you and I, when it comes to uh, living this commandment out, you and I need to have an honoring life. One that honors to begin with. One that recognizes God. I, things I've been saying in some ways. I, I love this verse. This ought to be the theme verse. The kind of verse that you literally go to a trophy shop or, or, or maybe uh, one of the craft shops in town. Uh, put it on a small piece of brass or, or wood or whatever. Carve this out. Put a magnet on the back of it. Stick it on the fridge. Uh, stick it to your uh, mirror. I know guys that have put that on the, uh, the, the dashboard of their car so that they can do this one thing. First Corinthians uh, chapter 11, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I, um, I'm, it was so exciting to see the Facebook updates from uh, the kids who were in camp this past week. It brought back a lot of really, really good memories as I was growing up and One of my dearest friends, a man that I've known for over 40 years, is a a preacher in western New York. And uh, I can remember to this very day, to this very day, I was a middle school student in camp. And my friend Mike was one of the counselors there. He had brought his family along as as, uh, his wife was also serving in that week of camp. And I can remember his son Josh had made a bad decision. And it was his, his time and opportunity to roll in as dad. And it wasn't the stereotypical discipline that you might think. Two, a couple of simple questions and then a basic statement. Did you know that you were not supposed to do that? Yes, sir. Are you going to obey, obey me from now on? Yes, sir. Josh, I want you to follow me as I follow Jesus. That's what he said to his son. I've never forgotten that. It's sobered me as a dad. Because the last thing I want any of my kids to grow up to be is like me. That's not a joke. There are dark parts in this heart. And I praise God that he protects me from them. There are things that I don't want to remember that are in my mind. And God guards me from those things. And the last thing I want my son or my daughters or their spouses, two of them, to become is like me. The one thing I want them to be like is Jesus. So I do my best to be like him, notwithstanding my failures. I do my best to be like him, so they have a, a a physical, a visual, an audible example of what he looks like. And the more I'm like him, the better he is easy the better he is to be seen by my kids. You see, that's the whole point. You follow me as I follow Jesus. Now I recognize that that's a sobering verse for every mom and dad. But if you, I'd rather you aim high than settle for low. It's just that simple. Have an honoring life. Mom, honor Jesus. Dad, honor Jesus. Give your children something to see and to hear every single day that looks like him And sounds like him. Have an honoring life. And just because you're not necessarily parenting anymore doesn't mean that you're done living like Jesus. It's an interesting verse in uh, Titus chapter 2. This is what Paul told Timothy to tell uh, the older men. Uh, Older guys, tune in. Teach the older men to be sober worthy of respect, self-controlled and sound in faith, in love and in endurance. Now, we have one older guy that tries to do his dead-level best with this. And he's kind of like a Pied Piper. He really, really is. Every single Sunday, the lollipop guy is in the back of the church. All right? All right? He's in the back of the church. Now, you know what's funny? Every once in a while, if I still have my glasses on while I'm standing outside and my beard's just a little bit longer, the kids walk up and they go, like the dog. (laughs) They're they're not sure. I don't have the cup in my hand uh, uh, with the the lollipops in there. And I don't, are are you? What are you? And they just kind of look at me funny. All right? They say some other things, too. You know, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I wonder what would happen if I didn't just look like the lollipop guy, but I actually was mean, was grumpy, was literally the curmudgeon old man that gets mad when the kids step on the lawn. What would my witness to Jesus be like? Because you see, notwithstanding how many years God has or has not given me, I do not have the right to do whatever I want, say whatever I want, because I've been there and I've done that. I still have an obligation to God for my own adult children or their children or someone else's adult children and someone else's grandchildren. I still have an obligation to live like Jesus for them. Because some people don't have dads. Some people don't have granddads. Some kids are looking for dads. Even 40-year-old kids. Some people are looking for grandpas. And if I can soften it, or if John can soften it with a lollipop, then I'll buy him a bag. First Peter chapter 2 says this, people who don't believe, those who might have some frustration because of parents or life or things in general, people who don't believe might say you're doing wrong, but lead good lives among them. Then they will see your good deeds and give God the glory. Give God the credit. Why would they give God the credit? Why? Why are you so nice? Why why do you stand there? Why do you take the time to go get a cup full of those things? Why do you welcome everybody? Why are you happy? Because God's done so much in my life. God's taken such good care of me. I'd love the opportunity to tell you how good God is. I'd love to tell you how much he's watched over. You see, it's all about the way that we honor him. When you honor God, you do see how beautiful a day like today is. I, I, I actually, uh, John's been so good at putting some videos out and some things. And I, I literally, on the way in this morning, it was such a beautiful morning. And I just, I wanted to get my phone on and, 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 sh- and do a brief recording and throw it on on Facebook. Say, today is so good. Look what God's done. Look at this. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And we get, we, do you realize that because of all that God gives us, he gives us jobs so that we can be here and we don't have to work seven days. We can actually work five or six or, or have a different schedule off and not only have a different schedule off to come and worship together, we can actually bring food together and have somebody else cook for us and somebody else set the table and just enjoy. God's done all of this. All of it. I got to talk with my daughter, who's right now living literally on the other side of the world, 12 hours' time difference. I got to talk with my daughter today. God makes that possible. All those things are so good. And see, in honoring Him, there's a reference point. Now tune me in on this. This is so important. When I honor Him, there's a, it's all about Him because if I honor Him, then they see me honoring Him. And when they see me honoring Him, they're gonna wanna honor Him because they see the good things that God brings to my life, the way that He protects me, the way that He even forgives me when I say and do things that I shouldn't say and do. And in them watching me live that life, then they want to do their dead level best to uh, mimic that life, to then make that happen again, in their lives. And when they do that, other people watch that. So you doing that, by you honoring God, you have an impact not only on the next generation, but the ripples flow outward into families and into people that you otherwise would never have an impact on. But simply because you honor God, there's a reference point there and a blessing that just keeps on coming over and over again. If Christ is not honored, though, if God is not remembered, then the reference point is whatever you say it is. The reference point is a football team that you like. The reference point is how well you take care of the yard. The reference point is whatever you say it is, and then you reserve the right to change it because God's not God, you're God. And that's a dangerous place to be. And I can bluntly state to you that some of you know exactly what that's like. And sometimes you may have either grown up in a home of fear or uncertainty because you're just not sure what is right or what is good. And so when a guy like me starts talking about a message like this about how important it is to honor parents, you're kind of perplexed because what I'm talking about is not what you know. But I'm here to tell you that God did not want that to necessarily happen. But you have an opportunity to break the curse. You have an opportunity to make a difference now in your life. And in honoring him, you can actually take away the anger or the bitterness that is present or could be present or is residually present and say, I'm just going to let I'm going to I'm going to let this go. Because I'm I'm tired of it. I don't want this to be passed on to my kids. I don't want it to be passed on to my grandkids. I want to give them life and life abundantly. I want to give them hope. I want to give them peace. I want to give them joy. And it all starts by honoring God. It all begins with an honoring life. There's a couple of books that I particularly, listen, we don't have the time today to really dive into a lot of this, but my heart goes out to broken families and hurting parents and hurting kids. And the books are old, 20 years, but they are exceptional. So if you want, pull out your phones and get ready to take a quick note or anything else. But I, I encourage you, two books that I encourage you to read, both by uh, Gary Smalley and John Trent. Gary Smalley, S M A. L L E Y and John Trent, T R E N T. The gift of honor and the blessing. Book number one, the gift of honor. Book number two, the blessing. They're really good. They're really, really good. And if you ever ask the question, I'd love to be able to honor my mom and dad, but I have a hard time honoring them because of things that I remember or things that have happened and I just can't let it go. You need to read those books. Number one, to do uh, the one thing that I, you need to do. You need to forgive. You need to even if it's not a verbal statement to that individual, if it's just something that uh, unburdens your heart, you need to do that so you can change the burden that you do have, the anger that you do have, the bitterness that you do have, into joy and hope. You need to do that. And secondly, not just to simply forgive, but to also let it go, to forget it. And these won't be prayers that you have once, These will be prayers that you have daily in the beginning, but after a while, the honoring of God helps you remember the mercy that he's given you. And the mercy that God's given you, you can then pass on to somebody else. Now listen, it is not, as I said, a one-time deal. It is a recurring theme that has to be a part of your life. And it's the only way, it's the only way I, I wish there was, there was something that, that, that you could do that were more simple because you might be saying, some of you might be saying, you just don't understand. You don't know what's happened. I may not, but I can pretty much go there. I, there's almost not a story I haven't heard about pain, deep scars, the only thing that can heal that is God. The only thing that can heal that is God. And if you want to live a life that pleases him, and one of the five, one of the 10 key points in living a life that pleases him says to honor your father and mother. And you say, "But God, you don't know." God knows. He knows. Tell him. Tell him, ask him to help you forgive and to help you forget. Because when you do that, he's going to put some joy in your life and build on that joy to give you hope that you don't have to carry with you into the next generation and the generation beyond that the pain that is present. Because when you live an honoring life and your kids see that and they see the blessings and the joy and the laughter and the happiness that comes, then what happens after that? The honoring life turns into the honored life. You now have an honored life. Not because you're a wonderful person. Not because you know everything or you do everything right. It's because notwithstanding sometimes the weaknesses that you and I have. Notwithstanding the the, the times that I haven't been a good husband or I haven't been a good dad. Those things are set aside and the way that we honored God is is honored by others. God intended that to be there. He intended that to be there. I talked about the blessings when I began. The blessings of life, the blessings of experience with mom and dad, and then uh, the blessings that mom and dad, the experience that mom and dad have had with God, they pass on to us. Well, there's more in that. Now, I've shared with you uh, illustratively how um, uh, God... uh, In in giving these commandments to begin with, gave them to a group of people that for multiple generations, 10 or more, had not lived with God. They didn't know how to worship. They didn't understand what this was all about. And so God says, I want, look at what I've done for you. I pulled you out of slavery where generational living was never guaranteed. Never. Never. And just because you had this mom or dad over here didn't mean that you are going to stay with that person because you're nothing more than a slave. You are a, 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 a commodity. And so we can take you over here and don't care if you ever see your mom and dad again. That was the life that they could very well have been used to. And now God is saying, I want you to honor your father and mother because they are honoring me. Now, uh, the first listing of the laws is in Exodus 20, but the second listing of them is in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Now, that may not necessarily mean anything to you, but what I'm trying to say to you is that God lists them again for the next generation. The next generation. The young children who may not have been there when God did all those amazing things in Exodus. So he's not just simply saying, I need you to pass this on to your kids. He's saying to the kids, I'm going to pass it on to you. But when he says it the second time, there's an amplification of the blessing. The first time he said it in Exodus chapter 20, he said so that you can have a long life. But Look what he says in Deuteronomy chapter 5. It was up there for a second. Go ahead and put that back up there again. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long uh, and that it may go well with you. First time he didn't say go well, he just said long life. <laughs> now we laugh at that sometimes, talk about long life. Uh, and we, we're, there are times when we're young and we make a stupid uh, statement or do a stupid thing and we think our life is over, you know, because especially when I, can, I have memories of my dad's shoes hitting the wooden floor, walking down toward my room after I've said or done something really, really dumb, and I'm thinking, I'm dead. This is the day that I no longer live. This is the day where, you know. And sometimes that's not a bad thing. That's a healthy fear. But setting aside the joking, do you realize what God's saying? Physical health and financial health are direct benefits from honoring mom and dad. Mom and dad, did you hear that? When you honor God and you live lives that please God, you can set your children up for physical and financial health. Now, it's not a guarantee, but it gets them a lot further down the road. Those are things that we pray for anyway. And we set them in motion by honoring him. And and setting that reference point from the earliest days, we would say to our kids, Leslie and I would say to our kids, who do you love? Love you, mommy. Love you, daddy. No, no. We want you to love God first. And hopefully, as you watch me, Connor, as you watch me, Taylor, as you watch me, Kendall, you can see that we love God and we want you to love God first. Because we We love God first, and when you love God first, God blesses you, and he watches out for you, and he protects you, and he takes care of you. And when they see that in our lives, there's honor there. Listen to what uh, the Proverbs writer says in, in support of that. Proverbs chapter 16. Long life is the reward of the righteous. Gray hair is a glorious crown. You hear that, everybody? Long life, a reward of the righteous, gray hair, a glorious crown. Proverbs chapter 3. Long life is in wisdom's right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Now, initially, you and I might think, hey, wait a second. Long life and wealth? Yeah, I'll step in for that. No, no. I want you to understand that long life, physical and financial health, are byproducts of a relationship with God. Byproducts. That's the joy. Living for Him and with Him. Because when you honor your parents, you do so firstly because you honor God. And when you honor God, then others will honor you. That's just the way that it works. A couple things I want to share with you as we close out today. A couple weeks ago, most of our communication with our kids is now via text. Uh, Grandparents, if, if modern day technology frustrates you, Uh, I I, want to encourage you to learn to just get over that. Because if you want to have a relationship with your grandkids, you need to learn how to text. Trust me. You start there, and then you can uh, move up into FaceTime. (laughs) And after you see their face, you'll love it. You'll love it. To their... Discredit. I know older adults who say they just don't want to have anything to do with technology, and part of me gets that. But then they lament at the fact that they don't have a relationship with their children or grandchildren. You'll want to do that. You'll want to do that. It wasn't too many weeks ago that uh, most of the time when I would text my kids, I would just say, "Hey, how's it going?" And then from there I'll say, hey, let's FaceTime. Then we FaceTime and her phone call and we'll carry on. But I got a really good text the other day from my youngest. She was watching how parents take care of their kids and she just sent a simple three or four sentence text that said, dad, I just want to thank you. I'm realizing now all that you did and how you took care of me and you protected me and I just want to thank you. I wish I could have printed that thing out and stuck it on the wall like I used to do with her drawings. Go to your parents before this week is out. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how old they are. And thank them. Thank them for all that they've done. Or even if it's a little bit, thank them for that. Thank them for tennis shoes and car rides and College tuition, whatever it might be, thank them for the way that they—if they were—if they did know God and they live life to the best of their ability to honor God, then you thank them for that because there's probably not a better gift that you've been given. If they did their best, especially if you grew up in a home with a single parent, the burdens. There are times I just don't—I just don't know how single parents do it. God bless you and give you strength and wisdom and continue to encourage you because it gets really, really hard. If you are just raised by your mom or your dad alone, you call them and you thank them. Tell them how grateful you are for all that they did or right now are doing. Call them, thank them. Secondly, tell your kids, how good God is. Don't hesitate to tell kids how good God has been to you, the things that you've prayed about, the answers that he's given to you, the way that he's comforted you and protected you and encouraged you. Because sometimes, sometimes church can, some, can just be a routine. And it's, instead of a way that we live, it's just something that you do. It's not a relationship with God. It's a weekly routine, and you don't want that. Uh, Men, listen to me. Let your children hear you pray. Let them hear you pray. Because nothing is more personal than the prayers of an individual to their heavenly Father. Because guys, lots of times we like to think that we do know it all. And we can fix it all. And we can do it all. And we dread when our children come to discover that we don't know everything and we can't fix everything and we can't do everything. And the sooner that you let them know that God can fix everything and God does know everything and God can do anything and you trust him for that, What a blessing. You know, we say every single week, every single week, that our number one purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. I read a staggering statistic the other day. That if, uh, if a young person comes in and they, they start to uh, enjoy the things that Sarah plans every single week and, and takes care of things like that, that the opportunity for us to minister to that child and then for that child to go back to their family and w- if we win that child for Jesus and that child then goes back to their family for Jesus, the opportunity for that to happen is plus or minus in the upper teens, maybe 20% at the most. If a mom walks in the door And we win her for Jesus. We share the news of Jesus uh, with her, and she begins to love Jesus. She goes back, and she tells her children and her husband the chances for her to go back and tell her children and and have them all come to Jesus. The the percentages are in the mid-20s to maybe lower 30s. Do you know what the percentage is if we win a dad? That the whole family comes? Do you know what the percentage happens to be? Anybody want to take a shot? Over 90%. Over 90%. Dads, you let your children hear you pray. I don't care if you think it's right or if it's eloquent or horrible. You let your kids hear you pray. You let your kids see you honor God. And you mark the day when you see them Honor you, God, thank you so much for these simple things. Thank you so much for the way that you state them with an abundance of clarity. Because when we honor you, the blessings that come back, we're just not able to measure. A simple text that says thank you, the way that a four-year-old's prayer warms our heart, the way that we see you. Bless our children and encourage them to follow you. Lord, they're just, we're so grateful. Father, I thank you so much for the way that you've blessed my life, the way that you've encouraged me. I pray for those who have struggled, have some difficulties, in following this commandment here because of memories or heartaches or curses. I pray that you would speak to them, that you would remind them that you know everything and you love them and you care for them. You want them to be blessed. You want them to no longer have pain. You want them to be able to let it go. I pray that you'd encourage them So that they, first and foremost, can honor you. So that those that see them honoring you will want to honor you. Because there's no greater blessing in life. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.